Welcome to People with Purpose. So many people are looking for meaning, but they don't know where to start. Imagine a world where everyone could just get their purpose out of them and then actually make it happen. I'm David Roberts and I believe that we all have a purpose and with focus and a little help, people with purpose make a difference. And this show is where these stories come to life. So welcome to another episode of People With Purpose. Today I'm delighted to be joined by Jack Russell. Uh, Jack is a motivational speaker. He's a personal development coach and author. Over the past 25 years, has set up and run uh, two successful businesses that have positively, positively, easy for me to say, impacted the lives of over 100,000 people, helping people basically to unlock their potential. Jack, though, is a, a level five kayak coach, which is the highest level, as I understand it. Uh, he's, a, he's a master practitioner of NLP and an insights discovery practitioner uh, who's uh, an activist. He's completed the devices to Westminster uh, canoe race 10 times, led expeditions around the world, some harebrained scheme to go to the North Pole, uh, which sounds, uh, skiing to the North Pole sounds all a bit, sounds up, all sounds a bit uphill to me. <laughs> um, and, and Jack, but Jack has also helped me and uh, businesses I've been part of in many ways uh, with coaching and leadership uh, development, uh, and not least through encouraging me to a uh, step backwards uh, off the cliff. So thank you for that, Jack. Pleasure. Absolutely pleasure. Yeah, and thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. Really looking forward to it. Cool, cool. So, um, so tell us a bit about what you're working on right now. So at the moment, I'm, I'm working on a, a new leadership talk. Um, I've got uh, on my birthday, um, I've got uh, 200 architects, so I'm, I'm planning that. And uh, um, I'm also working on taking um, 10 young ladies, um, year 11, from the top of Dartmoor to the bottom, um, which, is, which is quite exciting and, and really motivating them to, to, to find a bit of their purpose. Wow, cool. So that's how far is that? Is it like- it's about 34 miles. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we're doing it over three days. We've, mm. we've done it for the last 10 years. Mm. But this is the first all-female team. It's usually young lads. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we're really looking forward to, 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 to getting this sorted and, and making it happen. That's brilliant. I mean, I do a bit of running on Dartmoor, and it gets a bit bleak in the middle there. So keeping people going when they get through that point. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, in, um, it's, it's obviously at the end of March. So three days kind of out there we just have to make sure that they're, they're kind of safe yeah know, physically mentally emotionally yeah. um yeah. but it's a huge challenge and achievement when they get to the bottom yeah. um a real life-changing experience for them fantastic fantastic so is business going well at the moment yeah business is amazing um i think it's a backlog of what happened with with obviously the last two years we we lost a lot of money and um that wasn't the main part i think we lost a little bit of our purpose about you know what what do you do when you're so passionate about helping others mm. um so i think now we're, we're back in the swing of it and it's come back kind of more than than i've ever known it in fact we're inundated which is a lovely position to be in excellent good so um so tell us a bit about your story then how did you get from well from where your journey started until yeah. where we are now i think I think for, for for many people, either it's a sort of um, situation where you either do really well at school, or you do quite badly, or somewhere in between. And and I don't think I really flourished at school. I was often told I couldn't achieve things, that I wasn't good enough, capable enough. And I kind of always felt that people have got that wrong. So I challenged that that sort of belief system. And and for the rest of my life, I suppose I've been looking to 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 find um, the the self belief not only in myself but in others. So I've I've been a teacher. Um, I've run outdoor centres. Uh, I've run this business for the last twenty years, twenty two years, and everything is about helping people to improve um, what they do on a daily basis to to make their lives better. Okay, okay. So um, going through um, education. So was that. Was that a um, challenging time for you at, at school or was, was it just yeah. didn't fit well? What, I did, what didn't there? fit well. I mean, you know, my, my dad was in the army and <clears throat> I, was, I was sent away to school and, and, and I, I kind of struggled. I mean, I love the kind of independence and the freedom, but, but I just struggled to find my kind of way in the world. And I struggled to find out what I was good at, what I could really do well. And I think, you know, my whole kind of life almost started the moment I left school. Mm. And, and that's where I, in many ways, I thank that, that bad time to, for the good times. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, I, I kind of realized that I had to do something really, really different. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I spent my life doing. Yeah. yeah. Um, looking to, 
to perhaps change the education system as well. Okay, okay. Yeah, because, um, well, my wife's a teacher, as you know, yeah, yeah. and uh, lots of people in my family are are in education, and it's yeah. Um, yeah, been a challenging place place to sure. work. But, uh, but lots of talk about how you can be more inclusive, so talking about sort of things like neurodiversity and all sure. of those sorts of things, and how you can engage, you know, kids in, in, in actually learning life skills as well as the academic side of things. Absolutely. And I think, <clears throat> I think for me, I was believe that we, you know, I've never found a school that really teaches confidence, self-belief, positive thinking, motivation, mm. how to deal with relationships, how to deal with different personalities. Yeah. And I've always wanted to have that as a mainstream part of our education. If you like a golden hour where every day we focus on that, because every job advert says, you know, wanted somebody who's good with people, somebody who's motivated, confident. And I think a lot of those things are byproducts of school. Mm. But I think if they were taught formally, that's where we'd get Massive change. In fact, we've just run a, a week-long uh, program on Dartmoor, and some of the young people, sort of year 12, came back and said, I've learned more in this week than I have done in school. Best week of my life. So I know it happens in school. I know there's a big shift, um, but I just think we need to do more, especially with mental health mm. and young people. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because at, at the moment with mental health, there's, uh, I suppose it's a bit of a sense that with the pandemic, everyone kind of went into the pandemic at the same time and staying at home and all that sort of thing. And then actually then coming out of it, we're all doing it at a slightly different rate. You know, we're all yeah. in different places, both kind of mentally with our, with, with our health and well-being, but also physically and, and with confidence and all that kind of thing. So, so yeah, so it's a real challenge for, for businesses, particularly helping and supporting people back in in a way that suits people in a much more individual way. Yeah, totally. And I, and I think, you know, you can almost boil it down to, to four main areas. There's, there's stress, um, there's anxiety, there's depression, and there's obsession. And those kind of four things seem to, you know, be very much out there. You know, my wife's a GP and I, and I kind of hear a lot of that on a, on a daily basis. And I see it in schools. I see it, I coach a lot of head teachers. I see it with them. I, I, I see it everywhere. And yet, you kind of look at what's happening to the world. You think, where's, where's the good personal leadership? How are we, how are we going to kind of change what's going on? Mm. How are we going to, to kind of find, the, I don't like the old cliche, the best version of yourself, but mm. how do we find that? Mm. How do we all start finding that? Yeah. Yeah. So in your work then, Jack, how do you, how do you go about doing that? Cause that leadership's a big part of what you do, isn't it? Yeah. Well, leadership's, <clears throat> leadership's huge. And I think at the moment I, I was, look at it through the eyes of say a year 11 um and i would say you know how does the world look um you know what does it look and it looks like a pretty scary place there's a lot of you know autocratic leadership out there but i also think you can look for the for the smallest of of things where people are doing the smallest of things which have huge impact and those are the people that are unlocking potential you know growing people you know helping in the smallest of ways to make the biggest of differences mm, yeah interesting okay i mean i do um it's quick why i say it's interesting is that um this whole thing about small things uh, as part of this podcast uh, i'm doing sort of little snippets called tnt so tiny noticeable things because they make a massive difference sure. make a massive difference sure. and, and it, whether it comes down to uh, you know saying saying hello or good morning to people when you when you yeah. arrive and 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 yeah. you know but also just how you show up personally mm. and present yourself and with the right kind of uh, mindset and outlook on the day uh, and how that flows through others role modeling's such a key part of leadership Huge. And I think we don't often, we, we talk about leading others, but we don't often talk about leading ourselves. Mm. And I think personal leadership is a huge area that we need to focus on. It's, it's, as you say, it's how we show up, how we act, how we behave, you know, our standards, our qualities, our principles, you know, what, you know, do we spend enough time really thinking about these? Because I know for sure that, you know, a lot of people spend the wrong amount of their time focusing on the wrong amount of things. Yeah. Yeah. So, your approach then to to, to coaching and, and, and developing people mm. is a bit different. Mm. So lots of time spent in the outdoors, lots of time spent uh, problem solving, uh, mm. practic doing practical things. Yeah. Uh, perhaps tell us a bit about how that came about. Well, I mean, although you say that, you know, I, I've got a... I, degree in psychology. I, I studied that in America. So I, I really love the, the, the kind of academic side and the mental side. But I also think, you know, we, we've got to put 
you know, the, the healthy mind, healthy body, we've got to put the two together. And I think for me, the idea of um, practical applications, you know, somebody can tell me they're a great leader, but let me see it. Let me, let me, let me, let me touch it, feel it. Let me experience it by, by doing a task. You know, if I walk and talk with people on a coaching um, situation, it's much less intense. You don't have to constantly give that eye contact, and and people often find their flow. And you know, you walk for ten miles over three hours, and and it, you know, people can really get to the bottom of where their real challenges are. Yeah. And and so, I'm a great believer of of getting people in a kayak or getting people out in a in a, a, and walking. And it doesn't have to be too technical, but but what happens is that people go through an episodal experience where they really start to change. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And um, perhaps a little bit of pain? <laughs> well, that's a really good point, Dave, because I think, you know, there, there are two things, aren't there? There's pain and pleasure that, that are two twin pillars that guide us. Mm. And when people just become too comfortable, I think we, we, we stop developing and growing. And I think a little bit of pain, you know, really, really makes people grow. Um I'm a great fan of the devices to Westminster canoe race. You know, I hate doing it, but the feeling at the end is, 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 is a nugget of gold in your back pocket and no one can take it away from you. Yeah. It, it's, it's something which just gives you a sense of huge well-being, yeah. which, which I don't often, I don't see enough of. Yeah. 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 So, um, comfort zones then. Yeah. Um, there's, uh, quite a lot of talk about, um, what's it, you know, breaking your comfort zone and getting into a new comfort zone or, or then stretching it gradually. Yeah. What advice would you give somebody who's looking to perhaps try something different, but is perhaps a bit fearful of stepping out of that zone of safety? <laughs> There's a film I watched called The Yes Man. And um, it's a sort of slightly glib film, but but actually the, the, the premise of the film is that you say yes to everything. And I'm not saying it's good to say yes to everything, yeah. but we often are very, very clever and we've got lots of strategies to say no to, to things and quickly get out of things. Um, but I actually think that, you know, that little chatterbox in the head, if you can quieten it and say yes to all sorts of opportunities. And, and you know, it is that, you know, do I go for a run in the morning? No, it's cold and wet and, and I don't want to go. Yes. It, you know, do I do I stand up and, and, and make a speech? No, I can't. I hate, I hate public speaking. Yes, I'll do it. It's those things that grow people, that, that make people feel good about themselves. It's um, interesting that you say that because public speaking is one of those things which... Uh, which you know, people sometimes fear more than more than death itself. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. You know, and it, it is it is weird. It is weird to have have that kind of level of of fear. But it's again, so every everyone's got their thing that they uh, that they they're, they're frightened of. What's yours? Mm, that's a really good question. <clears throat> I think um, my fear is is that. I I often talk about people going to their grave with their music in them, and I I, I there are so many things I want to achieve and do mm. that I fear that opportunities will be missed because of of commitments elsewhere in life. Mm. You know, mm. I'd, I'd love to. I'd always love to go down to the South Pole and ski to the South Pole. That is uphill, by the way, and um, <laughs> okay. and, and, I, and I and I'd love to do it with a kite. And I've done amazing things, but. I, there's a balance and most of us are in this sort of cognitive dissonance between, you know, being with family and bringing up a family and, and wanting to do things for yourself. And it's that balance that, that sometimes I fear I, I don't or might not always get right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a constant, uh, Mm. challenge. Yeah. 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 Definitely. So, um, so purpose then. Yeah. How much is, is finding and following your purpose played in your, in your life? Well, it, it's um, it's very powerful because for, for a long time I, I I I've thought about what is purpose and 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 actually I I came up with these three area these three areas and I don't often ask this on the first day of coaching but I always say to people what's your purpose what's your passion and what are your plans those three P's mm-hmm. and for me my my purpose I've realised it is 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 one to I think to be to be the best I can for, for others. And, and I, and I struggle with that at times, but my other purpose is to help as many people improve their lives. I love improvements. That's, you know, I think, 
Japanese call it kaizen, constant improvement. Mm. If I can improve something, I, I, I want to do that straight away. And, and I don't mean you walk around improving people, but you, by coaching people, you help them improve. Yeah. You ask the questions, you listen, and you hold people accountable. Yeah, yeah. And, and people do the improvement for themselves. Yeah, yeah. But in your in your position, you are positive. Positive Jack is uh, is one of your one of your handles. <laughs> Not always. No, <laughs> no. But, yeah. but it requires a lot of energy. You, you have yeah. to dial up a lot of energy, don't you? Yeah. To yeah. I mean, even if you are naturally yeah. upbeat and optimistic, yeah. you are going to be you know getting yourself into state and dialing up that energy mm. for those people that need you. Mm. But I know I know a big part of your life is your family. Yeah. So how do you get get the balance right, or, or work to get the balance right to be present for your clients, uh, for your people who you work with in your business, we're all great people, and for your family as well. Yeah, well, I'd love to say I get it right, but but I don't, and and you know, I I think for me the hardest thing is is you know when I was a single young man and I could go and do whatever I wanted, I I, I did that and mm. and. And nothing could, could, could kind of get you. And now, you know, I, I had a family slightly later on in life and, and now I, I, it's about, it's about balancing that, but it is really difficult as I'm sure many people will experience to, you know, to, to sort of put out, run a business and then give the best to your, to your family. And, and, you know, you come home at night and you're tired and exhausted and, and then to suddenly go, blah, is very, very difficult. Yeah. And, and I, and I struggle with that. Um, I think, the taking, you know, my family, my young family out and, and camping and canoeing and sailing, those are the sort of golden moments that, that hopefully they'll remember for the rest of their lives. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think your, uh, your treehouse, <laughs> they remember that, it's quite a way up that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 No, you're right. Well, it is, it is tough. I've got two teenage daughters. Yeah. And uh, and the, and the challenging thing about, about that is that they kind of want diff- things from me, perhaps when... I, I I'm, I'm not there and vice vice versa. And mm. it is quite, it's a, it's a tricky balance to strike. Sure. I mean, allocating time to uh, certain activities at certain times, I found is the only way that I'm able to, to do this. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, you don't always get it right, but you're always trying to. Yeah. And, uh, and so actually it's about allocating those, those bits of time to those key bits of your life that are outside of your work. Um, and uh, and that's the only way I I managed to yeah. to get it right. I think. Yeah, no, I I agree, and it's it's a it is a balance, and and you know you I don't, I don't think you can do everything in your life incredibly well. There there are certain areas that that have they're going to be compromised a little bit. Yeah, but yeah. It, but as long as you're aware of that and you work towards improving those areas, mm. that's that's where the gold is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, if the purpose of your life then is about helping people to improve mm. and to realize their potential in a way, I guess, then, uh, then how did, and when did you work that out? Um, when I, when I was, um, I left school and I didn't really know what to do. And I, I didn't really know. Um, I, I hadn't really no clue actually, cause there wasn't really a lot sort of support. And, and I knew I, I thought I might want to go in the army, but that just really wasn't kind of for me. Um, and so I went and cycled from Land's End to John O'Groats on my own. And I was kind of 18 or so. And it was that time when um, Bob Geldof was looking at you know, the, the famine relief and feed the world. And I kind of did it for that. And I, I raised about a grand. And, um, but everyone seemed to help me um, on the way. And I was sleeping rough and, and you know, I was sleeping in in um, sort of alleyways. And, but everyone helped me and everyone gave to me. And I find I could, I, I had a, a gift to be able to talk and connect and communicate with people. Mm. And um, <clears throat> the more I kind of talk with people and the more I connected with them, the more kindness I got. And I realized I, I, that was it. I had to work. That was my, but I had to work with people. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't that I had to sort of go and work in a hedge fund or a, you know, stock markets or, or I had to work with people. Mm. And that's, that's what I learned mm. very. And it was very powerful and, and, you know, from that moment on, I, I did that. I went to work for a guy called John Ridgway up in Scotland, um, you know, paid five pounds a week, yeah. uh, working with business people on, on courses. So, yeah. so I've probably been doing this for over 35 years really now yeah, kind of, yeah. from, from that early time. Yeah. But I, I just, I love being with people. I, 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 I switch on 
light up, come alive when, when I've got people in a room and if I can help them improve, then that's, that's great. Yeah. Brilliant. And that, what I really like about that, Jack, is that it's actually really simple. Mm-hmm. I think people quite often, if you, if you say, well, let's talk about the purpose of your life. Yeah. It's like, well, crikey, this is going to get a bit deep, but, yeah. um, it doesn't have to be. It, 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 can, it can be really simple. Yeah. And, and it, it can evolve as well, I think, and, and, and you know, refine and, and all that over time. So if you find something that you're naturally good at, because mm. everyone's unique, everyone's got a unique ability to bring, yeah. find something that you're good at. Okay, so I want to do that. Yep. You know, and then and then apply that, and and then it can it can and learn do it over and over and over again, and 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 I think that's you know that 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 old concept about you know ten thousand times, ten thousand hours over ten years. Mm. Well, that's three hours a day you've got to put in to to being good at something. I think Zig Ziglar, who was he's sadly recently died, and mm. um, one of the things he said is, you can have whatever you want in life as long as you help enough other people get what they want or need in life. Right, brilliant. Brilliant. And the other good thing about three hours a day yeah. is that uh, on a previous episode, I talked about worrying and apparently people worry on average for about one hour, 50 minutes per day, yeah. which is bonkers, isn't it? It's, Crazy. A, it's a lot of time. Crazy. Uh, that equates to about, I don't know, five years in the average lifetime, something like that. So um, yeah. invest that time uh, instead of wasting it by worrying unnecessarily. Well, the brain's like a heat seeking missile and, you know, there's 100 billion connections, 60 to, to 80,000 thoughts a day. And if you focus on what you want rather than what you don't want, that's what you start getting in your life. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of times it's very easy for us to focus on, you know, all the things we don't want. Mm. And sadly, that's what we bring to ourselves. Yeah, yeah. By that worry. So, so you, do, you, do you buy into some of the sort of manifestation type ideologies? Yeah, I 100% do. I, I think, you know, mental imagery, visualization. Um, I, I, I think we've got to be very careful. I always say, you know, you go where you focus, you become what you're around. Um, but if you are constantly focusing and worrying about things going wrong, you look for them and you, you manifest it, you make it happen. And I know that, that, that almost sounds too simplistic, but you know, we walk around with a very powerful human computer in between our our ears on, on top of our neck. Mm. And I think we've got to be really careful how we program it. And if we put the wrong thoughts in, we we make that happen. And I think a lot of people are very upset by, you know, oh, it's not my fault. Well, actually, you have brought a lot of this on t- to yourself, you know, by the way you choose to think, the way you choose to eat, the way you choose to, you know, exercise or not. We yeah. make choices and decisions, and that's our human, that's our human superpower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and definitely taking, taking that uh, power back, by deciding, actually, I do have a choice. Yeah, can be a very positive, mm. very positive thing because um, you know all this stuff's happening to me. You mm. know, and you can become a bit pity me with the whole thing. And even if it's in very small ways, yeah. But if you decide to react to things that happen to you in a different way, then um, then you know what you, what you think that translates into what you feel, what you do, and then it all flows from there. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Interesting. So have you got a, um, I suppose, a, a grand plan then? Have you got a, have you got a plan? Well, I, I have. I, 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 always, I always love to write goals and I always love to, to write everything down. I always say to people, have you got goals? Are they written down? Can mm. I see them? And, and kind of I heard this lovely saying years ago, which has probably been my favourite saying, and that is that if you don't set goals, you become part of somebody else's. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, my plan has been for the next 10 years to to kind of really invest in um, not only um, the, the business that, that I'm running and I love, but but very much so my, my family. And I want to, I, I want, to, there are so many trips and, and, and expeditions that I want to go on with family. And, you know, we've just bought a boat and, and, and I can't stop thinking about, about trips. And, and, and I don't think it's, it's big trips. It's just little micro adventures. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of filled up, <laughs> I think the next 10 years with, with what we want to do and constantly talk about it with my wife, Sarah. And, yeah. and, and that sounds bizarre, but that's just what keeps me going. Yeah. Yeah. Having something to look forward to. Yeah. 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 As long as some of those trips actually get in the yeah, calendar and get, get put yeah. in. I mean, I could say, you know, I, I, I want to change the education system. Um, I, I think you've got to be very careful that you, you don't burn yourself out by by 
you've got to look at what where your capacity is you know what you know what's i always ask the question when i coach people what's enough and i'm i'm working out one of my goals is what's enough mm. you know emotionally mentally spiritually financially yeah. what's enough so that you don't end up resenting what you do yeah and that would probably be, be my biggest goal to get it right yeah and i, I remember you asking me that question mm. on a coaching walk yeah i remember that and thinking it was a yeah it was a quite a challenging question mm. to answer and again the good reason for having a plan for me anyway is that it, it gives you a reference point yeah uh, so actually having a plan is is i i think is important and some people are like on the other end of the spectrum no plan you know, exactly yeah, exactly yeah. life and that's exciting for some yeah 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 exactly exactly but but for me i need to have some kind of uh, reference point yeah. and then a regular review yeah. so that um so that i can see i can see how i'm getting on and and also it reminds me to check in with what's important to me my values and and all of those sorts of things and yeah. and then think okay well am i still Am I still as passionate about this as I once was? Because, because as I say, time time passes and and and, and evolves and and, and yeah. things change. Well, I mean that's a really good point. I mean, I by the time I was forty, I, I wanted to be the top motivational speaker in Britain, and and you know I I got to sort of stand up with some interesting characters like Digby Jones and Alistair Campbell, and you know it was world class speakers, and mm. I don't know if we were, but um, but now uh, you know that that's that's changed and. And now I'm spending more time rather than working with, you know, a thousand odd people, I'm just working with one. Mm. And there's a real subtle difference. And, you know, there's, there's real power in a sort of one-to-one. If you can help somebody change their lives, you, you, you don't change them, but the coaching process does. Mm. And if they can change their lives, then that's got to be one of the most amazing things that you can do. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And we all need a bit of help from time to time. hundred percent. So I'm really interested in these trips then. So, uh, so what kind of things are you, are you looking to do? <laughs> well, I've got, um, we've, I mean, I'm just going off on a trip with a, with a, with a friend quite soon, but that's a, a canoe trip down the Spey. Mm. Um, and there are times when I, I, although a lot is with family, I, I also think you've, you've got to, you know, put your oxygen mask on first sometimes and just do that. So I'm, I'm off um, in a few weeks' time to, to canoe down the Spey, mm. um, sort of six days camping, wild camping. Um, I, I'd love to do the Devizes to Westminster with my with my son Buzz. Mm. Um, we want to go off and and do sailing trips around the coast. Um, so we're constantly off camping. We'd love to go down to Patagonia, um, canoeing in um, where else in Canada. Mm. So so all these things. Are there now? Whether or not we achieve all of them, that doesn't matter. But the fact is, if we achieve half or three quarters, that's what matters. Absolutely, and I think, um, yeah, I, I, I think you're right. And I think we the, the only thing we have is time, yeah. and time is finite, and we kind of act as though you know life's going to last forever. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and and actually, if you try and do too many things you almost lose the kind of benefit of yeah. uh, of the things that you do do because you're always looking for the next thing and looking for the next thing. And yeah. I suppose it plays, comes back to what you, the question that you ask people quite a lot, which is uh, how much is enough for you? Yeah. Mm. And I, and I, well, I think, you know, having a compelling future is, is really exciting. I think a lot of people, and, you know, I do to a certain extent, you know, look in the rear view mirror because mm. the past was, for some people, was quite exciting. I loved what I used to do. Mm. Um, but actually the future is where you spend the rest of your life and it's a pretty good place to get interested in. Yeah. And so I always think it's it's really important to, to, to sort of be in the moment, but get excited about the future. I I, I, I love to visualise and I look into the future and, I, and, it, and it looks exciting. Um, you know, it might not be in reality, but at least it is in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. And that's where <laughs> so, it all starts. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So um, a question I get asked quite often is uh, it's about people who are looking to you know, transition from one kind of career to another. Yeah. You know, and you've you've made transitions in your in in your life, and you've kind of worked for other people, and then 
moved from one of the country to the other and and, and, sure. and set up your own businesses. Um, what advice would you give to people who are looking to transition from perhaps one career to another in terms of making sure it's the right decision for them? Great question. I <clears throat> I got a somebody called me exactly yesterday and they said, look, I'm you know quite senior in a business. I want to move on. Um, I need to look at you know phase two in my life. And I think coaching is a really important thing. Um, you know, I, I, I know I, I struggled a few years ago to, to know where to go and live. And I kind of thought, where do I live? You know, to, to, where do we move to? And it's a massive decision. And I went and saw somebody and, and, and sat down and, and just talked through the process. And I think if you're going to start and transition into a new job, it's great to have somebody else who's kind of non-judgmental, independent, um, you know, neutral, uh, um, just to talk through it because, because often the, the kind of brain that created the problem is not always the brain that can fix it. So getting somebody else to just ask the questions allows you to come up with the solutions. So I think coaching is massive when you're in a, in a situation, you know, do I, do I, do I start a relationship? Do I leave a relationship? Do I start a job? Do I leave it? Yeah. It's really big decisions in life. Yeah. And you said about um, somebody who's not connected to it because sometimes friends, family, loved ones, uh, they can give you advice because they know they can because you know them well and they yeah. and they love you and, and you know that they love you and all of that. But sometimes they give you advice and it's not necessarily the advice that you need. Yeah. People are very good at prescribing from their own autobiographies. They're very good at telling you this is what I did, but they're not you. And I think that the, the biggest thing for, for me is I've realized is that most of us hate being told what to do. And, and we hate being given advice. I know I, I certainly struggle with it. <laughs> However, when you come up with the solution yourself through somebody questioning you in a very skillful way and listening deeply, then you own it. Their job is then to hold you accountable. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Another question um, that, that I get asked quite often is, uh, is um, people say that it would be interesting to hear about uh, the things that can cloud your purpose or detract you from following it and how, and how you deal with that. Yeah. And I, uh, and I think life is not fair, is it? And life is tough. And, and, you know, we're all going to be tripped up at, at one stage or another in life. Mm. Um, you know, we're all going to hurt and we're all going to go through pain. And I think, you know, you just got to, you just got to be able to be resilient. And I think if we could teach a bit of that, you know, that, that ability in, in schools, which I know is, is, is starting to sort of, you know, bubble up, but it's that time when somebody knocks you down and you do get up or, or is that time when emotionally you're, you're a bit broken and you, you kind of learn to put yourself together. It's having lots of, for, for me, it's all about strategy. Mm. It's got lots of strategies to be able to sort yourself out. Yeah. Like if I feel, if I feel a bit sort of, you know, depressed or, or anxious, I, I, I quickly sort of, go off and do something. I, I, I find a, a strategy. It might be a mountain bike or kite surf. It's something to, to take my mind and, and make me realize that, you know, we, we are in control of lots of things. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So following on from that then, can you tell, uh, tell me about a time when you've overcome a kind of a unexpected or significant challenge yeah. uh, and how, and how you've, how you've done that? Um, <clears throat> when I was, when I was younger, I wanted to cycle around the world and it was a real desire to, to go around the world. We were sponsored. Um, you might remember the comedian Dave Allen. Mm. He came to see us off. We had about 400 people uh, left in the middle of London and we were going to cycle all the way around the world. Um, we got as far as Athens, London to Athens. It's quite a long way. If we'd have said we were going to Athens, that would have been a great trip, but we wanted to go around the world. Yeah. We set off for two years and um, sadly I... I it was the wrong time. It was, it, it was all sorts of things. And we finished in Athens and, and I had Dave Allen wrote to me and said, you know, I thought I'd back to winner and, and I'm disappointed in you. And, wow. and, you know, my dad said to me, go out and, you know, work in a kibbutz or do something, just, just carry on. Don't come back. Mm. I came back and, it, you know, I was, I was almost ashamed. I was ashamed that we didn't achieve this, this thing. Um, and I failed lots of times in, in life. And I think, the biggest lesson I've learned about that is that failure is okay. It's, it's okay to fail because you are giving it a go. You mm. are out there. Yeah. Um, and although it was bitterly painful, you know, and it, it took me you know years to get over it, 
and at least we went down to Athens. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, at least we, at least we cycle that way, and 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 we just got it wrong, and we were young, but that's okay. Yeah, make some mistakes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. And they say, don't they? Those who've never failed and never tried. Yeah, absolutely. So, what did you take from that then? I, I think, I think I realised that, you know, people will be upset if things that, that that's often their agenda. Um, but I realized that, you know, we, we needed to call it, it was wrong. It was, you know, we were, we just weren't happy. We, we weren't happy together. It was really tough. It was dangerous. It wasn't the right time in our lives. We were fit enough to mm. do it, mm. but we just weren't the, the, the right match. You know, the two of us had, you know, years ago I was at school with, with a, with a, young guy called Gavin. We'd capsized under a barge on the demises to Westminster. We'd almost drowned. We swam, we, we, we swam mile and a half down the Thames. You know, we went through that real powerful experience. And then we thought, right, let's just capture that again and cycle around the world. But we just weren't ready. We were, we were too young. We weren't ready for that, mm. but that's okay. You mm. learn from it. Yeah. 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 Well, now one of your um, adages, when, when, when you take people through, uh, you know, training programs and all that sort of stuff is challenged by choice, isn't it? Yeah. God, well, I remember. Yeah, it is. It is. And I think it's, I think it's, choice is really important. As I say, it's like superhuman power and, and I hate pushing people into doing things. I, I think you can, you could literally turn people off for life. You know, you give somebody a bad experience. We talked about your abseil yeah. or, or, you know, you put somebody out in a forced, seven gale on mm. a boat and they'll never sail again. Mm -hmm. And I think it's about allowing people to make good decisions. And for me, you know, the, I mentioned already, but you know, the quality of your decision depends on the quality of your life. Mm. If you make really good decisions, you get a great life. Yeah. 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 Brilliant. Okay, cool. So, um, if time is all we have yeah, and it, and it is finite, if you if you knew you had a year to live, what would you do? Yeah, I mean, I've I've thought about that in many ways. Um, I think I'd probably just take my children out of school, and I think I would just go and travel the world for a year, mm. and and just share that experience because I don't know what young people are, are, are learning in those every day in those classrooms. I know I used to teach geography, but, mm. but I just think that I've coached a few people that have, that have passed away mm. and, and they've often said, I wish I'd done this and I ought to have done that. And I should have done this. And, and I think it's grabbing the moment. Sometimes we talk about, Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll start this up when I retire. We'll do it now. Yeah. And, and I suppose we're doing that at the moment in micro adventures, but yeah, if I had to do it, I'd go off for a, for a year straight away, set yeah. up and go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's quite a morbid question, isn't it? <laughs> it it's an emotional question, and it's yeah. the sort of question you get asked when you do life insurance. And it's upsetting, but yeah. it, it's also, I also visualise, you know, what, and I ask people, you know, you know, what would it be like at your funeral? Mm. You know, what, 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 what legacy are you going to leave? Yeah. You know, what will people say about you? Mm. You know, what, how will they, they talk about you? Mm, mm. Um, what won't they say? What will they say? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, part, part of what I do uh, with, with people when I'm kind of coaching people is, mm. is that whole uh, write your obituary thing. Mm. And uh, again, that sounds, some people just look at me like I'm crazy, but um, because it is, you know, mm. final on, on, on this earth, it's final. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and I ask people to think about, yeah, yeah, family, mission, work, money, mm. sort of influence that you've had, all of those mm. sorts of things. And if you if you start at that, you know, endpoint and then work back, then there are, there are, it helps to put some perspective into the actual, you know, how you spend your time. Sorry, yeah. not spend, invest yeah. your the, the, the time that you have, uh, so that yeah, it, it gives us all a bit of a fighting chance of kind of. Yeah. not getting to that point and thinking, oh, I wish, I wish, I wish. Yeah. In fact, this is interesting, Dave. I, I worked with a <clears throat> whole team of doctors and nurses. It was sort of a day and it was a hospice, I think, end of year, end of life. And um, and after the course, so we all went to the bar and had a drink. And I, and I said, what do people say at the end of their lives? You know, what do they say? And the, the point was, people say, I wish I'd loved more. I wish I'd given more. I wish I'd um, spent more time being present. 
when present. I wish I'd, you know, it wasn't, I wish I had a bigger car, a faster, a faster car, a bigger house. It wasn't those sorts of things. Yeah. I wish I had more experiences with loved ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those are the things that deeply matter. Yeah. You never told me it was going to be such a deep, yeah, dive, sorry, deep dive into emotion. Sorry, Jack. Normally I have a bit of a laugh, don't we? But there you go. <laughs> there you, there go. you go. Yeah. So, so yeah. So de- we'll definitely make sure then you prioritize some yeah. of that time of family then. Uh, sure. let's, let's get his micro visits in. I'll the funeral. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So let's move on then to some quick fire questions. Sure. So uh, what's your favorite album? I think I, that, that was the hardest question of the whole, uh, I, I just um, think Joan Armour Trading. Okay. I love Joan Armour Trading. I, I, when I was university, I had to write a um, an essay on a on a piece of art, a piece of work, and I wrote about um, the weakness of me by Jane Armatrading. Yeah, love it. I love her. I I just think she's magnificent. All her albums. I agree. She is magnificent. Definitely brilliant. Cool. Okay. And um, what would be then your perfect weekend? For, for me, one of the perfect weekends is is out camping. I'm I'm passionate about camping I, I don't know if my daughter Bella is um but, uh, <laughs> but, she, but she will be um but I I love being being out camping you know nothing gets me more than you know packing a, a, a couple of canoes and heading out and sort of living feral mm. um lighting fires and and just kind of being on the land and eating well and mm. and drinking and swimming and that's that's magical river dart I love yeah it is beautiful down there. Stunning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, so we live in Devon in the UK and yeah, uh, yeah Dartmoor is just uh, absolutely yeah. beautiful. Very, very beautiful. 365 square miles of, of wilderness that, you know, you're allowed to camp in, hmm. you know, so you can camp by a river, wake up in the morning, jump in. It's, it, it kind of makes you feel alive. Yeah, definitely. And that's that, anything that kind of makes you feel alive and really good about, about, you know, family and, and an adventure that that's it for me. Perfect. Good, good, good. Okay. So, and what did your nine year old self love to do? Well, you, that's, you, t- you took me right back to, to former life and, and I used to play tennis. I used to um, play about seven hours of tennis a day in the, in the holidays. That's all I ever did. Um, and I was passionate about it. You know, I, I, would I played for Wiltshire um, and I would do that and and I and I loved it I played in tournaments and it, it it was it was so compelling I used to play on grass courts in Salisbury in, in Wiltshire mm. um, you know and it was it was a passion I had for a well, long time well, I did not know that. I did not know that yeah no, I, played, I, I played junior Wimbledon and got knocked out the first round. Okay. Well, <laughs> so, well done. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. So it, it, it's another side, but you know, now I watch it and, and yeah, it's just, it seems like a long time ago. Mm, mm. Why? That was then. Brilliant. Okay. And um, what makes you lose track of time? Um, I, I think anything where, again, it comes back to, you know, some of my real passions are, are whitewater kayaking and kite surfing. And, and there are times when I kind of lose myself um, where you don't have to worry or concentrate. You're kind of in that flow zone where you just go off. And when I'm, you know, I, I'll kite around the world, but I find when I kite surf, it's, I, I find it really, really deeply spiritual. It's beautiful. It's just, there's nothing like it. It's the most amazing feeling. Wow. Never tried it. Got to do it. Okay. Challenge you for next year to, <laughs> I will take you for a lesson. Brilliant. Okay, good. We'll put it on the must-do list. We'll put it on record. <laughs> yeah, it is on record now. Yeah. yeah, right. Okay, good. I have to step my back strength up a little bit then, make sure. It's all from the core. Okay, that's fine. That's good. I'll, I'll start clenching. Good, good, good. And um, what makes you cry with laughter? Um, I, I've got, um, I've got a couple of, of, of really close mates and, and again I, you know, I often go off camping with them and, and, and the, there's a lot of banter and I love banter and, and often I, I can cry with laughter you know in their company a guy called Rob and Bullet who, who just make me wet myself sometimes just Excellent. with the humour and the banter brilliant yeah. that's good For old friends fantastic yeah right? brilliant good yeah. and is there anything any such thing as a stupid question I often think when when I present and people at the end um, ask questions. I, I often think they're not always stupid questions, but people just want to talk. 
And so I always just see if, if somebody asks a question, however clever the question is, or however stupid, as you said, it is, they just want to talk. So I just, I just, what well, you know, if I've had the, the, the privilege of talking, they need to talk. Mm. So I always just let people talk and just ask as many questions. So I think it's good for people to ask questions. And if they're stupid, then, 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 then that's for, for them to judge. Right. Good answer. Okay, good. Be curious. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So, um, a few questions to finish off then now. Sure. So, uh, so who inspires you the most and why? I, I think my, 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 my father, he's a, he's a real character. He's, um, he's not a great sailor, but he's taken a boat from, um, Chichester all the way down to the Mediterranean and all the way up to Poland. Right. And I kind of look at him and I just think he's about to be 80 and I look at him and I just go, but you can hardly tie a bowling knot. Um, <laughs> but he's kind of got that. There's an old cliche, which is ships are safe in Harbor, but that's not where they're designed to be. Mm-hmm. And his attitude is, you know, I'll just go. And, um, you know, whereas many people just stay in the Harbor polishing their boats, he takes this kind of traveling gypsy boat and, and, um, just seems to make his way through Europe and, he goes for three months at a time. And I, I think that's inspirational because, you know, rather than dribbling into, to, to sort of a stupor and, and giving up on life, mm. he, he, he just grasps it. Brilliant. And I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Well, you seem to do a similar thing, Jack. Well, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> I can tie a bowling. <laughs> Brilliant. Good, good, good. Okay. And what's the most important lesson you've learned? I didn't think I'd be saying this, but, but I think that, that, that failing is okay. And, um, you know, there are lots of, there are lots of times that at the time it was so painful to, to fail. Um, and especially as I've got a personality that likes to, to achieve. Um, but actually I think those, those failures were, were really good for me. Mm. And, and I, and when I see other people fail, I, I know it's hard at the time to say it's okay because it needs time often to, to realize the, the power of failure. Um, but I think that when you do fail, you, you learn. And, and I think the sad thing I see is when everyone seems to sort of swan through life um, and have a, we talk about um, you know, growth mindsets and, and fixed mindsets. And I think sometimes when people go through life and they've got such a fixed mindset, they can be really tripped up when they fail. So I think the greatest thing I've learned is, is failure. And um I didn't think I'd say that. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, uh, that's really, really powerful. And I, I, I actually agree with you. I think it's, it's, it's definitely something to, to, uh, to, to cherish the lessons and the, and the benefits that you get from that. I yeah. think, uh, I think that's something to cherish. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, genuinely, cause, um, as somebody else, um, who, who, well, I, I, who said something like, um, every problem, mm. uh, has a, has a gift for you in its hands mm. and so problems sometimes can be things that you create for yourself or that happen circumstantially but yeah. but but life's about solving problems and if you don't ever fail or fall short or whatever it is then there's nothing there to fix there's nothing to improve so you can't have your your goal of wanting to help improve people's lives if there's nothing to improve in yeah. the first place so and i think that's that's probably why i've i've enjoyed you know, the, 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 and I still continue to enjoy the, the helping others because I know what it's like not to have had everything handed to you. Right. And to have struggled. And I think one of the biggest that there was, I, I remember years ago, um, and, and people didn't mean to do this, but it was a real fundamental time in my life. Um, I wanted to set up an outdoor center and I said, I really want to do that. I was passionate about it. It was at the time it was my absolute purpose and, 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 a whole lot of people said to me, oh, you won't be able to do it. You haven't got the money. You haven't got the qualifications. You haven't got the, the facility. And I said, I'll do it. And I remember walking over to a cricket pavilion. It was in pitch black. And I, and it sounds bad, but I broke the window with my knuckle. And I kind of went into this pavilion. And I remember just being in absolute tears of frustration that other people were telling me what I could or couldn't do. And from that moment on, I said, I'll do it. And, you know, I'll make it happen. And, you know, within a year, you know, we had, uh, I had an outdoor center. We had the likes of 
Prince Harry, William on courses, Sharon Davis, Daley Thompson, you know, real kind of all the women that went to the North Pole, real kind of high end. But if I'd have listened to all of those people at the time when they told me that I couldn't do it, I would have just been like that little sort of seed that starts to germinate and then go back into the ground. Yeah. And I just wasn't having it. And and I and nothing breaks me more than when people say you can't do something or you're not capable because they're wrong. That's them talking, not yeah. the person they're talking to. Absolutely. Well, and thank goodness that you did because you've now mm. helped over a hundred thousand mm. people. Mm-hmm. So brilliant. Yeah. There you go. Okay, so um, final question then is, uh, is what advice would you give someone who wants to find and follow their purpose? I think get deeply involved in your own personal development um, and the development of others. And not, not just, you know, is that with, for leadership, I think it's important to be selfish, to be selfless. You've got to look after number one to look after number two. But I think get massively involved in, in, in yourself and how you can improve yourself, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, financially, whatever it is you want. Understand what drives you, understand your personality, understand what motivates you, get coaching, um, do everything you can, read prolifically, you know, listen to Dave's podcasts, you know, be, <laughs> be out there getting, you know, hungry, feed yourself with, with, with personal development. And I know that's, that's all I ever used to listen to. Stop watching the news or the television and, and, and listen and fill your mind with the good stuff, you can only find your purpose when you're focused on that. Okay. Well, that's great, Jack. Thanks ever so much. It's been a really enlightening uh, conversation, which I'm sure is going to help loads and loads of people. Um, how can people uh, find out more about you and follow your work? Well, just first of all, for that, I just want to say thank you, Dave, because it, it's been brilliant. I've known you for a long time. I've always admired you. Uh, I love your attitude and the way you lead. Um, and thank you for this opportunity. Um, I suppose my website, jackrusselcoaching.co.uk. Okay, cool. Thank you. Thank you. All right, and thank you, Jack. Thanks for listening to People With Purpose. I hope you've enjoyed the show and are enjoying going on this journey. Please remember to like and subscribe and give us a five-star review. Uh, tell all your friends. And if you're interested in finding out more about any of the things we've covered in this episode of People With Purpose, just get in touch. All the details are in the show notes. Thanks. Bye. Bye.